This is the Life at Work Conference Podcast, a production of City Bible Forum. Real workers, wrestling with real workplace issues. With your host, Life at Work National Manager, Andrew Laird. Welcome to Episode 8 of the Life at Work Conference Podcast, our final for the series. Today we're talking mental fitness and the workplace, hearing from the CEO of a major workplace mental health care provider, plus one worker's reflections on the issue in his workplace. I'm Andrew Laird, and this is the Life at Work Conference Podcast. Welcome again to the podcast, Real Workers Wrestling with Real Workplace Issues. Even before COVID, mental health in the workplace was a big issue. Uh, But in the wake of COVID, well, it's only become even more of an issue as more and more people have sought help, with the rate of calls to helplines skyrocketing during the pandemic. One person who has enormous expertise in this area, particularly in relation to the workplace, is Dr Jenny George. Jenny is the CEO of Converge International, an Australian corporate mental health care provider. Jenny joined us at the Life at Work conference in 2021 to share her tips on how we can develop mental fitness. But in outlining those tips, she made a profound observation. I'll let her explain in this short clip how practices which are being encouraged to develop mental fitness actually might open the door to gospel conversations in a way we had never imagined. Here's Jenny explaining more. Building mental fitness means cultivating a mindset characterised by hope. A mindset that is positive, that uses setbacks as learning opportunities. It means taking time out to be mindful. Habits like meditation and remembering to be thankful will build and maintain these mindsets. Building mental fitness means looking after your body because our minds and our bodies are deeply interconnected. Exercise, eating good foods, getting enough sleep and cutting right back on use of alcohol and drugs will build and maintain mental fitness. Building mental fitness means paying attention to your spiritual health. Some psychologists are now literally prescribing nature. Being connected to the natural world, getting out into nature, is an important part of this. And then also, and exactly as Sam has described it earlier, a fundamental, lasting and strong purpose in life, particularly purpose in our work. These are habits that feed our spirits that will build and maintain mental fitness. Building mental fitness means being connected in community. Having at least four people, that's what the research says, that you know well enough and that you trust enough to confide in. Meeting regularly with a group of true, deep friends. And giving to others, giving time, giving money, being kind without expecting a return. This will build and maintain your mental fitness. Does any of that sound familiar? It's almost a complete list of the kinds of spiritual disciplines that you might hear from a pulpit. And I hope you do hear from a pulpit. Read and dwell on words that will edify you and turn your mind and attention towards what is beautiful and right and pleasing and good. Pray regularly. Don't get drunk or abuse drugs. Be aware of and give thanks to God for the good things in your life. 
In fact, saying grace before a meal is a habit in Christian life which continually turns our attention to gratitude for the little things and, of course, the big things that God is always giving us. Live a life of purpose. Discover your true purpose in God, a lasting purpose that sustains you through job changes and relationship changes, through health crises, through every uncertainty of life. Live in community. Don't give up meeting together, but encourage one another. Give and forgive. Love even your enemies. In the world, generally, we talk about acts of kindness and we mean being nice to people who we generally like. The Bible asks us to act kindly towards our deadliest enemies. Christians should be aware that our own ancient spiritual disciplines, like saying grace before a meal, like meeting together on a Sunday, like giving our money away, are the essential stuff that psychology is recommending. They can seem mundane to us sometimes, but in fact, they're profound. So don't be afraid to be part of this conversation. Right now, well-being is on the lips of everyone. It's in the media, it's in our workplaces, it's in our groups of friends. And you have something to add. What gives you purpose in life? How is that purpose connected to your work? This may be the most fruitful conversation you ever have about your spiritual life, about the purpose you have as a child of God with someone in your workplace who's not a believer. You might not even think about the fact that saying grace or meeting in a community of people, especially people who aren't necessarily your natural friends, they're a group of people brought together for a purpose and a purpose that's unusual in the world. Those things are not normal. Most people in Australia are not doing that. What's normal for Christians is often simply absent from the lives of many around us. We take it for granted, but it's both different and needed. Dr. Jenny George there, CEO of Converge International, encouraging us to be a voice at the table in our workplaces when it comes to conversations around mental well-being and be confident to share how our Christian faith already helps us with having these kinds of practices in our lives. If you want to catch the whole talk from Jenny, then head along to citybibleforum.org slash lifeatwork, where you can purchase an e-ticket to that talk and others from the conference. In a moment, though, I'll be joined by one worker who was in the audience when Jenny spoke to hear his reflections on this topic and how it might help him in his workplace. We'll be back after this. Loving this podcast? Then don't miss the 2022 Life at Work conference this Saturday, February 19. Wherever you are around Australia or the world, join us as we consider Flourishing in the Furnace, how God uses the daily grind to shape and refine us. Watch alone or host or join a watch party. Tickets on sale at citybibleforum.org slash lifeatworkconference. Well, welcome back. I'm joined now by Rick Starkey. Now, Rick is an actuary at Mercer Superannuation, where he's worked for over 20 years. So welcome, Rick. Thanks, Andrew. Great to be here. Now, Rick, before we um, reflect on mental fitness and uh, some of Jenny George's insights, 
Um, can you share with us just for a moment a little bit about what your daily work involves? What keeps you busy? Well, my current role is as a digital product owner for a suite of products that help Australians and New Zealanders make decisions about superannuation and retirement. I do all the sort of modelling behind that, but I have a more general background in all kinds of financial projections. Day to day, it's all about ensuring that our tools and calculators are continuing to meet the needs of super funds and their customers, keeping within technology, regulatory security and behavioural constraints. There are always 20 things happening at once. (laughs) So uh, I guess like many of us, uh, there's plenty of balls in the air and uh, a lot of that by the sound of things goes on behind the scenes and yet uh, essential for all of us uh, come superannuation time when, we, uh, when we're reaching that point in our life. That's great. Look, uh, Rick, moving to that clip that we just heard from, uh, from Jenny, she, uh, she spoke about the high value that workplaces are putting on mental well-being and fitness. I just wonder if you might be able to share a little bit about your experience of that at Mercer, um, particularly if things have, have changed or escalated in that space in the wake of COVID. Yeah, well, I absolutely concur with that. I think as my own employer's response to COVID has been, um, every week there's multiple opportunities to sort of address those physical, mental, relational stresses that lockdowns have generated. Uh, We have subsidised mindfulness, yoga and fitness apps and classes. We have a whole sort of wellbeing program with counselling for any number of concerns. There's uh, volunteering programs and health and safety assessments of your remote working situation, all that kind of stuff on mental wellbeing, yeah. Yeah, wow, it sounds like the the full suite of things that are are offered there. Um, I just wonder, Jenny talked about how... Sometimes we can have opportunities to bring our Christian faith into conversations uh, in the workplace around mental well-being. Is that something that you personally have ex- ever experienced before or perhaps know others who have where they have been able to take opportunities like the kind of ones Jenny talked about? Well, it's a bit of yes and no. It's sort of more difficult to bring a faith agenda to a meeting in these times Um Uh, and to have those sort of more intimate conversations that happen either side of a physical meeting. But certainly the opportunities come up as people share sort of lockdown war stories and lament the state of the world in general. Everyone seems to know someone who's struggling with mental well-being and even with people that aren't struggling themselves, it's easy to have a conversation about things like thankfulness and not many steps from there to a conversation about faith and hope. And I've had a few of those conversations as um, one of, out of one of those, we had an opportunity to say grace with a colleague over lunch and later to pray for that colleague. Yes, fantastic. I mean, it's really the kind of thing Jenny was talking about there that, you know, gratitude is such a big part of the, these conversations around wellness. And, and yeah, as you, as you say there, you know, um, being able to lead from that into into. A, being able to say grace with a colleague. Can I, can I just ask a little bit further just about that? Um, how, did, how did that arise? I mean, did you initiate saying grace to, um, or did the colleague bring it up? And, and if, if you brought it up with them, how did they respond when you, when you suggested, can we say grace together? Well, yeah, we'd been having a, a fairly um, good conversation about how fortunate we were um, to be in a situation, you know, where we weren't particularly uh, affected by by COVID, um, and so yeah, we'd, we'd arranged to meet up for lunch, and uh, I suggested that, you know, is it okay? Happy for if I say grace, and he said, yeah, please go ahead. 
Um, and so from that, um, I did. And then the next time we caught up uh, with another colleague, he, he actually asked me, uh, well, Ricky, you're going to say grace? Uh, so <laughs> it obviously was something he could relate to. That's great. That's wonderful. It's, uh, I personally have uh, had similar experiences through the whole COVID season where where previously, you know, people who you'd think never be open to something like that, um, particularly in the uh, in the in the space where gratitude and thankfulness is such a such a common theme that uh, when you express, you know, can I say grace or can I pray for you in some way, the the willingness for people to to say yes to that seems, in my opinion, perhaps in yours too, to have uh, to have escalated in uh, in recent times, which is wonderful. Now, now, Rick, just on a on a related note, I know that you've had opportunity to speak into um, another common theme in the workplace, and namely diversity and inclusion, which we uh, considered in an earlier episode in this uh, in this series. Um, maybe you could just share with us how that emphasis in your workplace has actually been a great opportunity for you and and uh, other Christians at Mercer. Yeah, about. Um Four of us started a Christian group at Mercer a few years ago, a couple in Melbourne, a couple in Sydney, uh, around the time that that diversity and inclusion wave was racing through HR departments everywhere. Um, The particular phrase at Mercer was, bring your whole self to work, which is, I think, absolutely a license to be open about my faith. As a group, uh, we wondered whether we should pursue a course of becoming what's called a business resource group with formal recognition and funding or sort of whether to remain informal. Um, I ended up speaking to the head of diversity inclusion in the States, who actually made it clear that although faith was one of the petals on the diversity flower, there wasn't going to be any support for a faith-based group. In the end, I think keeping it informal was the sort of right decision for the time, and often formal recognition comes with strings attached. But it was great to have that conversation, and it's good to be able to share with colleagues that there is a group um, and we've run open Easter and Christmas events and had some great conversations there too. And correct me if I'm wrong, Rick, but some of those open uh, Easter and Christmas events, um, in those cases, the organisation itself has actually funded and supported you in terms of providing things like hot cross buns for morning tea, etc. Is yeah, that right? Yeah, that was, that was very much a local thing. Um, they, they weren't doing it uh, because... Global had said to do that, but um, yeah, we had some contacts into HR and they were able to, to give us space and um, and indeed pay for the hot cross buns. That's great. Well, I mean, they're both just wonderful uh, examples of how the, the, the wellness and the mental health issues that are strong in the workplace and similarly the diversity inclusion uh, that, is, that is such a strong language in the workplace at the moment, how for you as a Christian, they've provided... Um, wonderful opportunities for you to uh, to uh, bring your faith into those conversations. So it's it's wonderfully encouraging to to hear those stories. So really appreciate you uh, sharing your experience there, Rick. Thank you. Well, thanks, Rick. And uh, look, that brings us to the end of this episode, and uh, actually the end of this season of the podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us over these uh, eight episodes. We've had a lot of fun bringing you this series and we hope it's been a blessing to you. And like you've uh, heard stories from Rick today, they've been an encouragement to you perhaps to think about how you could uh, take hold of similar initiatives in your workplace and bring your faith uh, into those conversations. 
Now, we uh, also hope to do uh, this all again with a second season of this podcast. But before we make any plans about that, uh, we'd love to know what you'd like to hear more about when it comes to work. So just email us at lifeatwork at citybibleforum.org to give us your suggestions. That's lifeatwork, all one word, at citybibleforum.org. But until then, I'm Andrew Laird, and you've been listening to the Life at Work Conference podcast. The Life at Work Conference podcast is produced by City Bible Forum. To find out more and register for the conference, go to citybibleforum.org slash lifeatworkconference.